What's up, everybody? Paul Hickey here with NoOffSeason.com. Welcome to Sports Card Strategy Show, episode 60. I am in the United States, and I am pumped about that. And I am here with uh, my co-host, Kendall McKee of uh, Wild Cards, Box Breaks, Just Baseball, and NoOffSeason.com. And we've also got Warren Lawfer from Arena Club, special guest today. We're excited to talk to him. We're going to talk to him about Arena Club uh, a new business in the sports card industry, and we're going to learn more about that. And uh, I'm excited about that. But first, I have a pressing, pressing, pressing question for all of you. <laughs> Kendall may know what I'm about to ask, and it is... Where should I vault my cards, Paul? <laughs> it's it's this. Uh, it's eBay, Kendall. It's the eBay vault. And, and why vault your cards with the original marketplace? Because the eBay vault isn't just a way to protect what you collect. It's a new way to trade. Not only have your cards never been safer thanks to our secure climate-controlled facility, but you are also locking in real savings. You pay no sales tax when you ship to or transact within the vault, and there are no storage fees for two years. Now just imagine everything you can do with all that money. And with the eBay Vault's seamless in-app experience, you can track, buy, and sell your cards in real time. From listing your cards in seconds with eBay Collection, which I think is really cool, to tracking trends with eBay Price Guide, managing your collection is more seamless than ever before. The eBay Vault, buy, sell, secure. I'm a big fan of vaults. And now that I'm in the United States, I will actually be able to sign up for the eBay Vault. There was some sort of blocker when I was in Spain that I, uh, I couldn't get past, but I'm excited to, uh, to try it since I've been talking to all of you about it for quite some time. I also use PWCC. Um, so I am excited to try eBay because I think I've talked about this on the show before. There's a place for all of them. Um, so another quick thing I want to tell you guys about, uh, just so I get it in today, we've had a lot of great, um, a lot of great feedback on nooffseason.com. So if you want to go premium free for a year at nooffseason.com, just email me at paul at nooffseason.com to find out how. And if you're already a premium member, I've got a lot of great stuff that I can send you in lieu of this promotion. So if you're not a member, email me at paul at nooffseason.com. If you are a member, email me at paul at nooffseason.com and be like, what the heck, man? I didn't get a free year. What else you got for me? And then I'll have something for you. Speaking of things that people have had for me, I want to give a quick shout out to Toa, who's a loyal audience member. Uh, oh, yeah. So I mentioned I'm in the United States. I just, my family and I just moved back from Spain uh, on Wednesday this past week. And so we got into our house. I got into my new house on Friday. And what was waiting for me at the new house? But a Brian Hoyer autograph card <laughs> from, Ho from Toa. From Toa. Thank you, Toa. You are nice. the man. Also, quick shout out to Gary at hoopsandcards.com, Hoops and Cards podcast. He and I do a lot of content together on his podcast and on this podcast, but he sent me these Darius Garland socks. <laughs> he and I share a mutual love for Darius Garland, so I'm excited about the Darius Garland socks. All right, so we got to get to our special guest today, Warren Lawfer uh, of Arena Club. Let's give a quick um, overview of Arena Club. So Warren is the uh, vice president of business development. 
And he's going to discuss Arena Club, how the platform works, what differentiates the platform. This was a this is a platform that has a uh, Derek Jeter is a founding partner, which is obviously a big speaking point. So we'll talk about that. Um, but collectors have the option to store graded cards in the Arena Club vault. We just talked about vault services, PWCC, eBay. We'll talk. We'll let Warren talk about the Arena Club vault um, and receive them in protective slabs. So Arena Club has a state of the art vault to assure the safety of stored cards. And it also looks like a really cool marketplace. So we're going to talk about that. Warren, uh, quick welcome to the show. Why don't you say hi real quick before we get into our segments? Good to see you, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Good to be here. Yeah, we're excited to talk more to you. And so Warren's going to chime in. Uh, we're going to do L of the Week, W of the Week, Buy and Sell of the Week. And then we're going to talk to Warren about Arena Club. And then, of, co of course, we will uh, talk about... Um, We'll, we'll, we'll take any audience uh, questions and, uh, you know, before we head out today. So appreciate everybody out there who's watching and listening. Uh, we are here for you. So drop us a note and, and we'll answer your question. All right. So, uh, Kendall, I'm kicking it to you, man. Let's let's start with your L of the week here, man. I have a horrible one, Paul. Uh, we did everything in our power over the past six to eight to 12 months, even to boost and get everyone aware that Giovanni Reina is the next coming of the United States men's national team. And, you know, at the World Cup, he didn't show up. You know, like he was just not on the subs. You know, there was times where you were like, this is a Gio Reina opportunity. And he didn't come in the game. When he did come in the game late, it just was like lackluster. There was something going on. You And then there were small reports that Gio and the coaching staff had some tiffs. Well, last night, it kind of all came unglued with some reports coming from the national team camp that the vote, apparently there was like a vote or he had needed to apologize to the whole team for his actions. A lot of it was disciplinary stuff, but there was a vote 13 to 12 to keep him. 12 of the coaching staff wanted to send him home from United States men's national camp, you know, and, and uh, apparently like, okay, cool. The World Cups, you know, for the United States team is over. Uh, you know, Gio is back with Barisha. He was already he was in the um, he was on the bench this past weekend. But I think this might go into a, like a larger issue where it's an L for me of like this team. They're going to have to rebuild trust with Gio. Um, the unfortunate thing is like Gio comes from legacy like his mother and his father were great soccer players his dad like carried the united states men's national team for a while his mother is incredible as well both extremely athletic both professional he's been around the game he should know better than like how he, apparently it all came out from like the scrimmage the thursday before it all happened he just wasn't going as hard and people were upset with that and the way that he handled that was just not very well or not very good apparently he had to apologize in front of the whole team the rest of the team didn't really receive it. They stood up and said, like, hey, we need you to be better than this. You know, like, I mean, I guess they received it, but they called him further. And I don't It's just like I am nervous about Geo's future because of this and like how he's not going to potentially fit in with the rest of the team in terms of uh, a feel or, or a cohesion but maybe you know maybe he comes back from this you know he's super super young he's 19 years old we always we all did 19 year old stupid crap uh so well i don't know about warren he's pretty seems pretty established but i know for me when i was 19 it was rough out there so um but all i'm saying is 
grab your tickets to the United States men's national team media show because it is out of control right now. Twitter is going nuts over this. So yeah, that's pretty cool. We did um we did talk a lot about Geo Reyna. If you go back to like when Kendall and I really started talking about um US men's national team content back in probably March or April, I would say since then we've probably mentioned Geo Reyna quite a bit, an average of maybe uh one time per show or half a time per show, which is quite a bit uh, for, for a guy like Gio Reyna. But yeah, we were high on him. Obviously, he didn't really, he didn't play at all until the second half of the final game the, when they got eliminated against the Netherlands. Yeah. It was good to see him out there. We were all kind of wondering what was going on. And then this, yeah, like you mentioned, this news broke. So, um, but, but the reality is like from a card perspective, his prices weren't really, like they were kind of dipping anyway because he yeah. hadn't really been on the pitch, right? Uh, over in uh, in Germany because he was injured for a while, right? So there wasn't that much buildup with him. And so while it is, well, I can appreciate you giving giving yourself an L. Um, well, the real L is everything's down 40 to 60% right now. And I hold a bunch of Geo Reyna cards still. That is so. the L. Okay, fair enough. It is an L. Um, so for me, I didn't really have a card-related L. My, and I didn't have, I honestly, like I've been elated this week um, just with my personal situation. Mm -hmm. uh, so I haven't had many negative things. But uh, I did have T. Higgins go out, I think, in like the first quarter uh, yesterday in my fantasy league. And I One did snap. win in our league, but I did lose in my dynasty league with my buddies that I've been in for like almost 20 years with them. Um, it's a 10 team league, highly competitive, deep rosters. T was in, um, my starting lineup yesterday. I thought he was going to have a big game. And then he, it's just, it's always an L when you, when you get a, when you get a zero, um, from a fantasy wide out or any fantasy player when they go down with a, with a stupid injury like that in the first quarter. So that was my, it's not card related, but that is my L of the week with T Higgins. So let's get, uh, let's get Warren in here. He's had maybe a chance to think about something that was an L for him in the last week. And we know he's a sports card guy. Warren, did you have any, any loss in the past? It doesn't have to be L of the week. It can be anything in the last like year that would just was an L for you from <laughs> card standpoint. The last year. <laughs> L of the year, Warren. What is it? Oh, the L of the year. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a bad one. Uh, I uh, went out and bought one of the then pop two uh, Lewis Hamilton Futera PSA nine rookie cards. Um, now pop three, and now worth uh, about a hundred and fifty thousand dollars less than what I paid for it. Um, so that's definitely my L of the year. Uh, yeah, it was got a couple weeks back on that PWCC premiere when the third one came up and sold for like $30,000. So I'm still reeling from that one. Oh man. I am like, sorry. And also really happy that I asked because that's like the, that's the worst slash best L I think we've ever had on the show. Like I've never had an L like that personally. So I apologize to you, but thank you for making this great content for our audience because that's a huge L. Yeah, you took you took the hit for the audience, Warren. That's yeah. that's where we're at with this. That's the silver lining. Is that uh, good content? He's coming back. I believe it's going to yeah, bounce I back. I, I agree. I think you'll be fine. You, I, we all hope you'll be fine in the long term. I think it'll be better in the long term, but it's definitely sucks for now. So, um, okay, Warren, let's stick with you, man. We we also do a win of the week. So, did you have a win? in the last say year or whatever in your, cause this could be in your card life. What's, what's a good win you want to share with the audience? 
So yeah, I'll I'll stay on the big. So so uh, apart from my arena club job, I also run a fund called Mint Ten. Um, and so most of these big purchases are part of my kind of side job. Um, the other one that I, I'm probably most hyped about right now is we picked up sh- the Shohei Otani Topps Chrome uh, Sapphire Superfractor Auto uh, at auction November of 2021. So actually after his MVP season ended, uh, and I forget exactly what we paid. It was like between seventy and $80,000. Um, and I, I don't know exactly what that's worth right now, but I have a good feeling about it as he enters free agency next year. So over the last year, I've been really happy about that one. So Absolutely. that's my W on the year. On the week, I, I don't know if I had a W this week. I, I got really into uh, Prism Choice and Mosaic Choice uh, World Cup soccer breaks buying the U.S. team yeah. um, as a way of dealing with my feelings after last Saturday. So um, <laughs> yeah, not, not a lot of Ws this week for me. Yeah, I've been there. Well, that's a great W on the Otani. That's amazing. Um, we talk a lot about him on the show. I've been high on buying. I think it's a great time when you bought him uh, in 2021 after his season. And then obviously he had another MVP caliber season again. And uh, I think there's many more markers ahead for him. So that's outstanding. And then uh, do you have a take on our Gio Reyna discussion from earlier since you mentioned the U.S. men's national team? Oh, yeah, I, I got a, a pretty sweet Reina card out of uh, one of those mosaic choice breaks. So I'm hoping that, uh, hoping it turns around, but I think Kendall's point, um, I don't know what you guys are doing at 20. I was, uh, I don't want to talk about what I was doing at 20, but uh, <laughs> if, if there was 20 media around me uh, or I had to be held accountable for uh, every time that somebody told me I had done something I shouldn't have done, um, no one would have been investing in me either. So yeah. I think uh, he's still really young. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to say that he's going to be a, a turn it around guy or not, but I, I think at 20 years old, it's pretty hard to tell even in sports. I mean, and I know these guys are superstars at a young age, but 20 is still so young. Yeah. yeah. That's well said. That's well said. Like if I had media following me around at age 20, like I think I, it would have, there would have it would been a roller coaster ride. Like not that I was, I wasn't like that crazy, but it just, for me, my emotions would, but you know, getting, I don't feel like I could really be myself, like with media following me around at that age. So uh, anyway, Kendall, let's go to you. W of the week, man. What do you got? I am my non W of the week or my non card related W of the week is Morocco in the semifinals is so awesome. Like we, I saw Morocco play in person this year against the United States men's national team in Cincinnati. After that game, they put on a horrible performance. After that game, they fired their head coach, and they have not really – I don't think they've conceded a goal in play since then or something crazy like that. Like, this team is on fire. It's super fun to watch. And for me, it's fun for them to go as far as they have because then I can say, well, the United States men's national team beat them this year. So uh, that that makes me feel – so go on and win the World Cup, Morocco, because then I can just say, well, then we're better than you are. So And it's like a little bit of a shot in the the arm so my card related w of the week has been um we've been pretty pretty happy and pretty um we've been pulling some nice pulls from 21 chrome uh bowman chrome so uh you know 21 bowman chrome can be a product or i'm uh, sorry 22 22 chrome can be a product every year when chrome comes out you're just it, it can be something that is stacked with people that you don't care about well there's enough in this product that it's um 
it's a it's a decent checklist. Um, you're you're getting guys that are not only international free agents in this, um, and you're getting some guys that are really big names. So um, it's a fun it's a fun checklist. We've gotten nice pulls out of it. I saw that uh, just all of the one on pretty much all the one on ones have been pulled already, which is kind of a bummer. But you know, I'm not really a that's apparently Warren's market, not mine. So, <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's been a fun fun product for us to rip. I think if you're buying baseball right now, this is buying baseball season. Um, as Warren talked about last year, he was buying Shohei Otani's at this time of the year. I think this is the perfect time to be buying baseball. And if we could look towards uh, there, my buy of the year is actually going to be a shortstop this year that I'm going to take a chance on. So, um, I think this is a this is a great time to get in on some of those things. I yeah, agree. That's my W of the week. I opened a little bit of Bowman Chrome and I pulled my first ever red. Uh, it's a red shimmer. Nice. Samuel Munez. From yeah. The nice. So, yeah, my first. That's the uh, best card I've ever pulled out of a or lowest numbered card I've ever pulled out of a Bowman product. So that was nice. that was my actual W of the week. I forgot about it. It was just sitting here. No, just right in front of you. Yeah. Whoops, just got an out of five I forgot about. Here it is. <laughs> well, we got to have you on the show more, man. This is, uh, this is already a strong show with you on board. So, um, And I, my W of the week is uh, an out of one plus 498, which is uh, this, Incarna- this Christian Encarnacion strand out of 499. Um, and I got it for 65 bucks at Dave's Card Shop in, in Atlanta, Roswell, Georgia. So, in the process of moving over from Spain, we stopped in Atlanta. I had to be there for an extra day, which actually worked out well because I got to talk with some of my colleagues at Sports Card Investor. And then I got to check out, I had time to go to one card shop. And so I chose Dave's Card Shop in Roswell. Great, great store, super clean. Like he's got an amazing Mickey Mantle collection. He's got some amazing stuff in there that might be in Warren's price range, definitely not in mine. So I was. Uh, kind of shopping around like Kendall and I did at the national and found this, uh, this CES. Uh, so he's Christian Encarnacion strand is our number eight overall baseball card ranking at nooffseason.com in the baseball card ranking. So we feel pretty good about him. I texted Kendall about this, uh, when I bought it and, um, he said he thought it was a nice play. I think it could be, it could get a PSA 10. That was the main reason why I got it is because Dave and I both looked at it and we both kind of thought minimum nine, definite high chance of a 10 looking at it. And so I'm definitely going to sub that to PSA. Um, And then while I did enjoy Dave's card shop and he actually did say he wants to come on the show. So we'll, we'll try to figure that out at some point. Um, you know, one like little tiny beef I had with it is like he wouldn't really give me a deal on anything out of the, the $5 box or less unless I had cash. So I didn't have cash, but I did think that this Tyrese Maxey and uh, and Tyrese Halliburton, the Tyrese combo, um, I did think that these could both potentially get a PSA 10. So there's a select Maxey prism um, and then a Halliburton mosaic pink prism and if these can get a 10 i think I, I could get some profit margin so i feel good about the fact that i can hold cards in my hand i can walk into into hobby shops and i can look at the condition of cards and it's a whole new world for you man it's a whole new world it's a whole new world i mean kendall literally was with me one out of two times in the last three years that i've really been able to do that and so um that was at the national Warren. and i was 
London card show with Max. So there was this time where like we're going through a dollar box, you know, it's something that like is just you know it's a thing you know you're standing in front of it you're not really probably going to buy any of it but you're just like flipping through them and then paul like turns around with like this cheesy like uh kid <laughs> grin like he's just like and I, I was like what's going on did you find something he goes no dude i'm just holding cards and i was just <laughs> like all right that's where we're at all right cool uh, yeah so, the little things he didn't have to look at the nft versions of his vaulted cards you know so yep exactly um all right so Let's go to buy of the week. Now I'm with you guys on buying baseball right now, like big time. Like that's, that's what I'm buying as you can see. Um, but I, uh, I do like to look, take a look at market movers, right? So, because they have this deals tab, which I think is, is cool for anyone who just kind of wants to get in, get out and take a look at, you know, what deals are out there. And so while I'm not a huge fan of buying football during football season or, buy, you know, especially at this point, or buying basketball during the basketball hype cycle, um, there are some deals on here. And so like this, like a Dak Prescott optic purple, um, you can get right now for 20 bucks less than the last sale. You can get a Tua uh, 2020 Don Russ canvas PSA 10. Um, it's a, so it's a pop, like just around, right around 800. These are not going to be highly profitable cards, but you can see, you can get it. You can get these cards for 20 bucks less than the last sale. And so if you think like, you know, I think the Cowboys and the dolphins have a shot for some playoff hype. And so those cards could go up. And if you play the game, the way that Kendall and I like to, from time to time, which is more in a, uh, three month window, uh, it could it could pay off. And then there's a Steph Curry uh, uh, 2009 Panini Base 307. I think in that set, there's like three different photo variations of his card. They're not short prints or anything, but um, to pick up a Steph Curry for 35 bucks less than the last average sale is not a bad idea. So I think sometimes there's good deals right in front of your nose and you don't have to get tricky and buy during the off season of a sport. And you can just go ahead and... Uh, do, do kind of the captain obvious thing from time to time. So sometimes with my buy of the week, um, I don't like to go out on a limb. I'd say 90% of the time I do, but 10% is today. Now I'm going to take a look at the obvious stuff on the deals tab at marketmoversapp.com. You can get your first month for only $1 if you use the promo code no off season. So um, Kendall, what do you got for your uh, buy of the week, man? I have a, I have a, a few, and I'm going to take a prospect, a current guy, and a vintage guy, all from baseball right now. And so uh, here's some, here's my screen. This guy, if you see red in this guy's chart, I think it's just my mouth starts to water. You know, Mickey Mantle literally is like the hobby almost. You know, and some of his favorite cards in graded are down this week. So for instance, this 1966 tops base down here uh, is down. Not, not too much, but then you see some of these other ones like the 59, 61 and 57. They're down significant right now. I mean, 60, 70, 80 bucks in, in, uh, in slabs. I mean, of course these are PSA twos, threes and twos, but Mickey Mantle is something that is going to always be sought after in the hobby. And if you are getting a chance to get Mickey at a cheaper price, um, then I would say, then I would say go for it here. Um, my, my current or my prospect guy that I'm still investing in is, uh, well, that was geo, but, uh, we got Jordan Lawler here. He's down again, you know? And so as we said, we've said this a couple weeks ago, I'm just reiterating it. Now 
buy last year's prospects that were high this year. Don't go buy the 2022 uh, Topps Chrome guy or the 2022 uh, Bowman Draft guy when it comes out next month. Jordan Lawler is a guy that I would go after, and he's down significantly. Marcelo Meyer is going to be out there. You know, these guys are the guys you should be going to get. Go looking at, go look at your 2020, 2021 Bowman draft and and those checklists. See which guys you wanted at that time, and go see if their their prices are down now. For instance, this Jordan Lawler uh, PSA nine is down a little bit. Uh, there's not a whole lot of sec- uh, sh- uh, data on him on market market movers. I would particularly go with the refractor for with Jordan Lawler or higher. Um, I would get you a little color in that scenario. Uh, but then the other guy that I am interested in long-term, I think I'm going to make a sneaky play, try to at least here, Paul, that I think um, I, I think I'm going to start buying Carlos Correa. And here's why um, he's out. He's out of that 2015 set. Um, I believe, I believe it's 2015. It might be a little bit earlier than that, but he's regardless. My point is he's before that 2016 cutoff where cards in Bowman started to really hype themselves. And so guys like him, Manny Machado, some other guy, Dylan Carlson is in an earlier set. There's guys that are in these earlier sets like, and that aren't Mike Trout and that their cards are still undervalued. I think so. um, Carlos Correa is a guy that could end up now, he could, he's in free agency right now, so he could end up on a team that could be wildly popular. I kind of thought about making this play last year, and then he signed with the Minnesota Twins, and I was like, okay, that's that's like I hate the Twins. So, um, you know, like I wasn't, I was happy that I didn't do it this year. There's like some talk about maybe the Dodgers have to do something. I know that the fan base doesn't want him in LA because of the 2017 Astros situation, but I think if Carlos goes to the Dodgers. That, that that his cards are going to be extremely valuable because he's still a dog and he's the number one uh, shortstop on the market right now. And his cards are, you know, obtainable. So that's my sneaky play. Okay. Awesome. Um, here we go. So my, uh, my sell of the week is uh, kind of an obvious one. So um, it's, it's Brock Purdy. Um <laughs> Uh, so let's, let's just look, I mean, this is, so so a lot of our audience is, you know, very astute sports card investors and would never buy Brock Purdy, but there's a lot, like, there's a lot of people that get excited and that are coming into the hobby or that are re-entering into the hobby and Brock Purdy, um, you know, like his black auto auto 199 sold for, uh, $602 yesterday. There's all sorts of Brock Purdy cards um, just flying off the shelves right now. A one of one sold for $2,500. I mean, one of one, like that, or out of 25, but a one of one jersey number. Like, there's some high sales, but there's also just a ton, just a incredible volume of his sales. So you have like his college uniform autos flying off the shelves. Like, people are selling Brock Purdy, good for them. For those of you who are buying Brock Purdy, I just don't see really a path to profit here. Like I see yesterday as sort of like, like him beating Tom Brady that badly and like pictures of his family up in the stands. And like, to me, that's the moment. Like the re- the reason why the sports card strategy show and NoOffSeason.com exists is because we are trying to help you buy cards when people are not interested in an athlete that is going to have a moment in the future. And that's what we mean. Like the buy low, sell high thing. This is a sell high moment 
or Brock Purdy. And it may come across to many of you like a Captain Obvious statement, but I think there's probably equal amounts of people in the audience that's not that obvious to. And those are the people that are maybe kind of prospecting Brock Purdy right now. And this is not the time to prospect a guy like this who just had a moment. Um, but Kendall, what do you think on uh, my, my sell Brock Purdy? Kendall, what do you think about my sell Brock Purdy? Uh, yeah, that, that was going to be one of my uh, recommendations for sell of the week. Um, I do think there probably are other days ahead for Brock Purdy, um, considering he's probably going to take this 49ers team to the playoffs. So I think you're going to get more chances to sell Brock. But I think the, uh, you know, Mr. Irrelevant versus, you know, Brady is was like such a hype thing. And let's just say it how it is. The Bucks defense, the Bucks team actually is just bad. Like they're just not good this year. And you know, I think everybody you know is really surprised about what's going on. And I, I watch the games, and I don't expect them to win. You know, if Brady pulls it out, then it's Brady pulling it out. But I don't expect this Bucks team to win this year, um, which is unfortunate and sad. There's a lot of going on in in Tom Brady's life this year. But I think if you could sell. Um, Brock Purdy right now and make profit then crystallize it if you want if you're a little bit nervous about that then I think there's going to be times in the playoffs when Brock Purdy is still going to be the quarterback um if G if um uh not Gio Reyna <laughs> if Jimmy Garoppolo does come back it is going to be later in the playoffs and so you're going to get other chances to do that but yes that's who I was going to name as well all right. Nice. We're on the same page. That doesn't happen very. I mean, it happens often that we're on the same page, but it doesn't happen very often that I just snipe Kendall's uh, sell of the week. But that was a, a pretty good one. I think like timely that we needed to talk about. And it's not that Brock Purdy won't have other good games this season. And it's not that he won't be their starting quarterback through the playoffs. It's that his card prices probably won't peak as much as they've peaked like literally last last night when he had that when he had that moment um where he just dominated the Tampa, the Tampa Bay Bucks. So that that's really what um what happens in sports card investing is um a guy like Brock Purdy who doesn't have a lot of draft capital capital I mean he's Mr. irrelevant like he do, he doesn't really have a future um, outside of probably now he has increased stock as a potential legit backup for the rest of his career due to this like highlight reel tape that he now has. So good for him. But in terms of him being a number one guy in the league, it's just not going to happen in the long term. So now would be the time to sell. All right. So now it's time to talk a little bit more about Arena Club. So uh, just again, we're going to bring in uh, Warren Law. Do you want to give Warren, a buff uh, uh, Warren Buffett? <laughs> Do you want to give Warren Buffett here uh, a buy of the week? Yeah, well, Warren, go ahead. Do you have anything to add or uh, add at all to the last two segments in terms of a buy or a sell of the week, man? I would, I would say my buy of the week is still going to be Brady after that, even though that was an absolute disaster yesterday. Uh, well, everyone else is playing around with guys that are, you know, huge risks. Uh, the Bucks are still probably going to the playoffs. And yeah. I'd take Brady in the playoffs. Um, and, and with what Mahomes has been able to do for the most part this season, I, I kind of like that rematch of the Super Bowl from a couple of years ago, Brady-Mahomes. And I think if, if that happens, uh, we could see a lot of interesting stuff. I think the NFC was looking really strong with the Vikings and, and some other teams that have kind of – I mean, I'm a big Jared Goff fan, so – I, I liked watching that yesterday. What a but game. I, what a game uh, yesterday. 
I, you know, I think the NFC is not as strong as it has been throughout this year and certainly as strong as it was last year. So I, I really think anything can happen with the Bucs in the playoffs and, you know, one more Super Bowl for Brady. And I think, you know, we see things go back. So, so I'm still buying Brady even while everyone's probably selling him. That's smart. All right, cool. So here's a little bit about Arena Club. So Warren is the VP of Business Development at Arena Club. Uh, glad to have him on the show. We've talked about a lot of other um, competitors to Arena Club. So we'll talk about Arena Club now. It is a groundbreaking new sports card collecting platform. It's led by founder and CEO Brian Lee, co-founder Jesse Glass, and founding partner Derek Jeter. Uh, Arena Club is reimagining the collecting experience for Web3, providing a bridge between the physical and digital worlds of sports collecting. Through the platform, collectors will be able to enjoy a frictionless buying, selling, trading, and flexing experience. Interesting. Originally, uh, additionally, Arena Club will provide collectors with a quicker, more accurate, and transparent grading and authentication process through uh, computer vision and machine learning. So that is a great... Um, it's a great elevator pitch. Can you translate that for us, Warren? Why should people use Arena Club versus all of these other platforms that we've mentioned on our show today? Yeah, so I think it starts with what we set out to do at Arena Club. And um, so Brian, who you mentioned, uh, our CEO and founder, is first of all a brilliant entrepreneur. Um, he he founded LegalZoom.com. He founded The Honest Company. He founded Shoe Dazzle. Um, you know, folks can go read his Wikipedia page. It probably does a better job of listing his resume than I can do. Um, but he is an incredible uh, entrepreneur, um, great at, at building products, great at building teams and companies. Um, and so his favorite place to be is at the card show with his son. You guys were talking about the, the dollar boxes earlier. Uh, I always think it's it's kind of ironic because Brian has had all of this business success he walks into a card show, he could probably buy any card he wanted in the whole card show. Um, but whenever I lose Brian at a card show, I always know, check wherever the dealers have dollar boxes because that's where you're going to find him. He'll be sitting there for hours with his son going through a dollar boxes and then trying to haggle with the dealer who's selling cards for a dollar to see if he can get 11 for $10 or something like that. <laughs> and so he, like, like me, like Jesse, like Derek, love that card show experience. And we would go to card shows together and we would spend, whether it was two, three, four days, depending on the show, having this awesome experience surrounded by collectors, seeing cards that you don't get to see, you know, day in and day out, uh, making deals, trading, um, holding those cards in your hand, examining them, all the things you guys have been talking about. And then we'd go home and you're kind of in this like bubble of sadness that like you're not at the card show with everybody anymore. You can't do that. And so what we set out to do was use the blockchain, use Web3, uh, use some of this vaulting technology to create that card show experience for people 24-7, 365, and without the burdens of geographies, borders. So, so I mean, Paul, while you were in Spain, you, know, you couldn't touch these cards. We have users on Arena Club that are in, uh, in France, in the UK, in Australia, in Asia, um, and similarly, you know, they don't get to go to, you know, the Burbank card show or the Dallas card show or some of these great shows we have in the U.S. And there's now there's a card show in Paris. The U.K. has some really good soccer shows now. Um, there's card shows in the Philippines. 
Um, and there's this global audience that doesn't get to come together to a single card show. You know, the national is probably the closest that we get, but it, it's in the name. It's the national. It's still a U.S. centric uh, card show. So we wanted to bring that together. Um, and so that's where the marketplace came from. That's where the free trading. So on our platform, if you're trading a card, it's completely free, really trying to mimic that card show experience. Um, and then the, and you see right here, like going in the marketplace, the first four cards you see here are graded by SGC and, and uh, PSA. Um, and if you scroll down, you'll probably see, and yeah, right into Beckett. And then that's, that's Arena Club. Um, we also support CSG graded slabs on our site. The idea there is, again, to really mimic a card show environment where a collector can collect any variety of graded cards. But what's important is beyond that, why we even got into grading cards. Because I think when we started, we got some pretty loud feedback from folks around the hobby. Um, you know, we don't need another marketplace. We don't need another grading company. We don't need another vault. Uh, and here we are doing all three. Uh, so pretty unpopular to a lot of people, I think, when they kind of just heard the news. But uh, if you kind of go into what we're doing on our grading, um, when you go to a card show, and this all goes back to trying to create a digital card show, right? So if you go to a card show, I think you guys just mentioned it, and, and Paul, you did it at the store, you're going to maybe buy some graded cards, but you want to, if you're going to buy raw cards, you want to be able to really examine those cards. You really want to be able to see them in depth. And what we found through other marketplaces um, that were selling raw cards, you know, I was an investor at Starstock, or I guess I still am. Um, it feels like it was. Um, but there, there's not as much transparency. There's not enough visibility into that that you get at a card show. Um, and so we paired up with a professor named Gio Lee, uh, she's a professor at Stanford. She worked at Snapchat and Google, a world's expert in computer vision and machine learning to help us build our grading system using those tools that really adds a lot of transparency and a lot of visibility into what the card is. And so when you go into our grading system, you get not only subgrades, but you get to actually visually see on the card what was deducted and why. And we think that is a really important piece of transparency in the hobby. Um, I mean, I think, Paul, you were saying it earlier, looking at a card, like, I think this might be a 10. I think this might be a nine. That The idea that we have assets that are worth as much as they are, that have that much ambiguity behind them, I think is a big point of friction keeping newcomers out of the hobby. Like, for those of us that have been in it for a long time, we've kind of come to accept it or just adopt that that's the way it is. But, you know, when you compare it to... Um, you know, securities in the stock market, um, or you compare it to diamonds that have very transparent uh, grading reports. Um, I think that's something that's missing to take us to the next level and to really open the door to new collectors. So we really see our grading on the site as both a tool for people to use when they're buying, but also an educational tool, because we want to bring in new collectors and teach them how grading works and how they get where they're that they can with that. Um, so I almost think of it as like uh, bumpers at a bowling alley. Come in, see the tools that we have, see what you can do with them um, and, and understand that transparency. And I think that's the only real way that we can expand this. Uh, you know, everyone's worried about this down market. Um, and I think uh, it's, it's everyone's favorite thing to talk about right now. But the, the only way that assets that don't have cash flows behind them, which is what cards are, 
um, will ever really continue to go up in value at a sustained uh, in this, any type of sustained growth is if new people are coming to the industry and there's new demand. Um, and I think the way to educate them and to make this process as seamless and educational um, as can be is really what we set out to do with the grading side of it. I have to say, man, you're making a great first impression on me personally. Uh, the website is amazing. Uh, it's it's clean. Uh, it looks really easy to use. The value proposition that you just described makes sense. Great job on that, Warren. Um, I want to underscore one thing you said that I that totally resonates with me, and that is the description or the or the rationale in some way, shape, or form behind the grade. I think I think we could all agree on that one. Yes, BGS has subgrades. Um, but, you know, PSA obviously uh, doesn't give any kind of explanation behind why they've given a card a particular grade. It's totally ambiguous. And so the fact that Arena Club does that um, is amazing. Um, I have a quick question and then I'll let Kendall jump in. So for me, like I've been a user of these vault services to your point about being overseas. Um it's, it's been hard for me to navigate the flipping and investing landscape of sports cars that I'm really most passionate about. So, you know, I've, I've had great experiences with some vault services and I've had really bad experiences with other vault services. So like, and I've been open and honest about it on this show. So you can go, go back through the archives of this show. I've talked about PWCC. I've had really good experiences with them. I've used the collector's vault just to try it out. I haven't had a great experience with the collector's vault. I have eBay is sponsoring the show currently and um, the eBay vault appears to have a lot of promise in my opinion. I've talked about that on the show, but arena club really intrigues me um, because uh, like some of the blockers I've had with other vault services include like a high submission fee for submitting non-graded cards um, or just the ability to not submit non-graded cards. Um, you mentioned Starstock. So like Starstock had like just this incredibly long ingestion period. Um, and you know, the fees were lower at different times, but it just took a long time to get the cards into the vault. Can you just talk just at a, at a basic level of like, if I wanted to use arena club today, if I click the buy button on one of these cards, what happens? Do I get to pay with the credit card? Do I have to pay through the blockchain? Does it immediately create a vault for me? Um, so that's one question. And then the follow-up question there is if I just wanted to submit cards, like if I've just got a mix of raw cards and graded cards here in my drawer and I wanted to submit them, maybe walk us through that process as well. So two questions there that I kind of wanted to get out there that you could, you could answer. And then I'll hand it over to Kendall for any, any follow-up questions. Yeah, sure. So on the first part of the question in terms of like getting, I guess, getting started, um, the, I mean, the first thing would be to sign up for an account before you're able to, to buy anything. Um, but when we say blockchain, we're not talking necessarily about cryptocurrency, although you, you could, uh, you know, down the line, think about how cryptocurrencies could get involved. Um, but blockchain is really enabling these transactions to happen securely and instantly, um, which means that there's a proof of that transaction happening. And so uh, payments are a lot more protected that way. And we're using traditional payment methods, credit cards and bank accounts. Um, but that allows us to transact instantaneously. So, you know, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, you're talking about Brock Purdy, like, uh, prospecting on on these games as they're happening, this would allow you to go in there, and he's having a great, you know, 
first drive minus that hit he took, I think on the first play of the game, but um, <laughs> I, I would have been, I literally Which was turned flagged, to somebody and know? said after that, yeah, that first play, I was like, ah, oh, he's not going to have a good game. Uh, I was wrong about that. Um, but uh, you know, you could transact three or four times um, during that game on the same card because the blockchain now enables you to transact instantaneously. Um, so yeah, if you buy this card, it would go into your vault. Um, it's in that vault. These are called what we call DPOX, digital proof of claim. Um, which means that this this phys- this digital asset represents a physical asset that is in our vault, and you can withdraw that at any time. The way that works right now is there's a $25 fee per order. So not per card, but per order. So that means if you're pulling one card, it's rather expensive. But if you're pulling 100 cards, you're paying $0.25 cents per card to, to pull it out of the vault. Um, we're, we're still in our beta in the beginning of next year, we're going to move that to a per card basis, which is going to probably be about $2 per card to pull that out of the vault. Um, the idea is that we're not setting out to be a place that we want people to transact pulling cards in and out on a daily basis. We really want them to be able to interact on the site. And then obviously as collectors, you know, sometimes we want those cards in person. Sometimes we want to take them to a show. Sometimes we want to take them to show them off to a friend. Um, but we want to, enable that people to show those off and, and even sell them at shows. We have dealers that use our platform and have an iPad in their showcase at shows just for people to look through that collection. Um, so that's the first part. Um, on the second part, if you want to submit cards, um, there's there's a couple o- or three options. So the first one is uh, grading, uh, vaulting graded cards. So if that's PSA, Beckett, uh, SGC, CSG, you can send those cards to our vault to kind of get them up on the marketplace. And that's completely free. Um, We don't accept straight raw cards. And that's for kind of the things I was saying earlier. We really believe that to grow this industry and grow this hobby, we need new customers to feel really safe and really understand what they're getting. Um, And and that's why we have a few, you know, industry accepted, trusted grading companies that can sell on the platform, but why we also don't let other grading companies have their slabs on the platform until we've been able to do our diligence and make sure that if a new buyer comes in and and has that experience of buying that slab, we feel confident as uh, liaisons to the hobby that that that's an acceptable thing. Um, So if someone wants to submit raw cards, um, they need to get them graded through the arena club grading process. Um, there's two options. Um, we're, we're looking at, at hopefully lowering these prices significantly as our machine learning speeds up the process. Um, but right now they can grade on vault, which is to put that card on the platform um, through the arena club grading and slab and everything like that, or the grade and return, which is the same thing, except it's more of a traditional grading service. You get your slab back in the mail, um, but even when you do get that slab back in the mail, uh, it has a QR code on it and you can always take a picture of that, which will show the full transparent grading report, uh, just like if it was on the vault. Um, and I, th- I think that was it. Was there yeah, any, another part of that, Paul? Yeah, that, you nailed it, man. And then, I, sorry, Kendall, I just have one more question for Warren. Who can sell, um, like, once you have your card in the vault, can you list it? Is it as simple as that? Or is there a different process to becoming a seller to listing your card on the marketplace? No, nope. everyone that has their cards on the vault um, can sell, buy, sell, and trade. Uh, so I think, uh, and the, the idea there is, it just needs to be in the vault because, like I said, everything here is about secure transactions and happening happening instantaneously. Um, and so for that reason, it needs to be in the vault to be on the platform. We wanted to get rid of 
you know, again, we're trying to mimic the card show experience. Everything we do is about trying to recreate that online. Um, and we didn't want the ability for, you know, you buy a Brock Purdy card in the first quarter and he has a great game and all of a sudden that card is lost or damaged or what have you. Um, and so that's what we're trying to enable here. You buy that card at the card show, you walk away with it, you've got it. Um, but everyone is able to sell. Um, everyone is able to, to trade if you have cards in it. And I, again, I think that's, that's the differentiator as a collector is that if you, if you think about a traditional marketplace and you wanted to uh, trade right now, you basically have to go sell your card, buy that other card, and then pay fees of you know 10% per transaction, something like that, maybe more. Um, and it really eats into your collecting budget really quickly. You transact five times and you've just lost the entire amount of money that you can transact there. Um, so having both cards uh, on the platform and allowing people to trade, um, I think is the, the most exciting thing for collectors. Cause I think that's the most novel and new thing that, that we're doing. Yeah. I like it. Kendall, what do you, uh, what questions do you have for Warren? Yeah, Warren, I think I'm particularly interested in the blockchain part of it. I think that's the, that's the money element of what I hear you talking about is like, uh, the, you know, I was thinking, yeah, this Brock Purdy's, how many of those are either not going to get paid for or not going to sell or not going to be shipped out? You know, I think that's the number one frustration with eBay marketplace and, and others right now is that there's just no, uh, no trust in the seller marketplace. Um, I, I am uh, pretty experienced in Web3 and and uh, and blockchain. And so I'm curious for you guys to talk. Maybe I don't know how much or how deep you can go on it, um, considering you might have uh, engineers that do uh, that process. But if you can talk about potentially what blockchain you guys are set up on or gas fees or anything like that. Is there anything uh, behind that that is... Um, that is uh, kind of going up and down with the market cycle, or is it all just kind of in an independent blockchain? Uh, we use the flow blockchain um, and it's uh, relatively, uh, at least as far as I understand, and to your point, I'm, this is not my expertise. Yeah, um, that's okay. It has, it has not been impactful on the, the business side of it um as far as i understand but i don't have a lot of familiarity with that to be honest with you no you're good man all right um yeah i think like this is a phenomenal experience um in terms of the website i like the marketplace seems uh very easy to transact uh and this the I love the business model in terms of the submissions of the cards. I think people might have questions, I'm sure, on uh, the grading fees and things like that um, compared to other grading companies. Um, and the, But the turnaround times seem reasonable. The grading fees seem reasonable. I love the fact that you guys are slabbing the cards. It seems like you're making it uh, super user-friendly for people to get in. I guess my, my last question probably is, um, how did you guys get started? Like, I, I know that there's like, typically a heavy lift with these kinds of startups. So how did you get started like getting people to use the the services and get essentially getting the cards into the marketplace so that there is a marketplace? Can you tell whatever you can tell us about that? I'm definitely interested in learning and I'm sure the audience is probably curious as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, we're still doing that, right? We're still in beta. Um, we have, 
I think it's roughly 15 to 20,000 cards on the platform right now, um, which isn't nearly what, what we want it to be. Uh, we have a goal to get 2 million cards on the platform. Uh, we want it to be like a card show where you walk in and you can find any player or anything. Like I said, I'm, I'm not kidding you when I tell you I'm a Jerry Goff fan. Um, this is my Jared Goff one of one I bought at the Dallas show last week um, or uh, it's last month now. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I love walking to a card show and being the only guy in the room that wants to buy Jared Goff cards because <laughs> I think the dealer had this listed for like 300 bucks and I, I got it for 100. Um, but nice. we want to have that and, and we don't have that yet. But the way we're, we're working right now, we partnered with, um, you know, I've been in the industry my whole life, really. I, I mean, I've been deep in the card world for probably 15 years now um, and leaned really into those relationships. And I think for for folks that have been through a lot of this, for folks that have seen some of the friction, whether it's on the grading side or the marketplace side, um, uh, you know, or the transaction side, um, there's, I, I think if any anybody tells you everything's going well, then they either don't know what they're talking about or they're lying to you. Um, and I think that, you know, the, it really resonated with them that like, we were collectors trying to build something better for the industry. And I think that really helped. We got people that gave us some, I mean, pretty substantial cards right off the bat, both to grade and to vault. Um, and, and we've been really lucky with, you know, being able to lean into our relationships and our networks on that. Um, we've, we've worked with a couple bulk uh, dealers early on. We're working on some things with some breakers. You know, one of the things we're working on with breakers is most people, the cards they get out of breaks aren't exactly what they were looking for anyway. Um, and so how do they quickly get those graded and sold so that they can get back into that next break and continue to hunt that card that they, they want to get. And that's good for consumers. That's good for breakers. It's good for the, honestly, the card companies that are selling product. Um, and so that's kind of where our focus is right now, but you know, we're, we're, we're trying to, you know, work with every card show in America, every card shop in America, these dealers, because, you know, I, I'll give you an example. I, we, we met, uh, this dealer at the, at the Dallas show, uh, he's from Boston. He's got, I think one of the most incredible non-sports collections. If you look at my arena club, uh, profile, he got me into collecting presidential, uh, cards. Um, and I've spent more money than I'd like to say on those recently. (laughs) Um, but like I got, I went to that show and I discovered something new that I had no idea that it existed. And, now we have him, you know, whether it's his Mickey Mouse Disney cards, it's his cartoon cards, it's his Star Wars cards, it's his, you know, serial cards, dog cards from the late 1800s, all these new things. We've been really fortunate to have people give us a chance because they, I think they see us as collectors and they want us to, to help build a better experience for collectors. And that's really what we set to do is to take... What I think people, you know, maybe I'm biased, but I think the card show experience is the most natural and best experience in the hobby. You get it. You have the social aspect of it. You have the buying aspect of it. You have the selling aspect of it. You, that's where everyone I think is the happiest. Um, you know, I, I guess there, there are some shy people that, that like to be behind their computers, but I love being at the show. And I think a lot of our users do too. Um, and so mostly we've gotten early users that are willing to just like, give us a chance and, and so far, they've really enjoyed it. Um, but, you know, as we scale, it's it's really trying to tap into some of these other uh, places, whether it's breakers or platforms, where there's a lot of cards that need to find their forever home uh, and or temporary home. And if it's not with the person that 
wants it. You know, how do we enable that marketplace to get people to be able to buy the cars they want to get and, and sell the cars they want to get rid of? Man, you made a great first impression on me. Um, Got to say that you clearly know, know your stuff. Uh, seem like a great guy, great businessman, but also a great uh, hobbyist and a card collector and investor. So I'd be happy if you want to join us back on the show anytime and talk cards uh, and of course, promote arena club. Um, Kendall, this is half for uh, Warren and half for you. I did find a Cameron Thomas uh, rookie ticket auto out of 25 here. So this is like a little cracked ice. So uh, Warren, you may or may not know this, but I've been really high on Cam Thomas for about the last, I don't know, at least eight months. I've been talking him up, trying to find the next Tyrese Maxi. And this guy finally broke out and had 33 points the other day, Kendall Thank you for the update on that. I appreciate it. I, I That one may have slipped through the cracks due to my move this past week. So I'm glad you called that to my attention because this dude's been buried on the bench. And if he can get going, I'm telling you, if you buy, you could, you could have gotten his, uh, his rookie ticket autos for like five bucks in the last week. And uh, I'm not sure what his, what his prices have done, but I, I can tell that if I can search and find a Cam Thomas auto like this on arena club, then there's, you know, there's a good amount of cards there. So everybody go, ch go check out arena club.com. I would love to know from our audience, the, uh, the feedback on this, and we will, we'll forward any questions that we can't answer over to Warren and his team. And, uh, we'd love to get the audience more involved in arena club. So check out arena club.com. If there are any, um, if there are any promo codes or anything like that, you don't have to answer. You don't have to answer that now, Warren. But if, if you did want to follow up with any any incentive to get our audience involved in Arena Club, I'm happy to pass that out to them on future episodes and in other content on NoOffSeason.com. But uh, again, great having you on today. Is there anything else you want to add uh, before we let you go? No, I think uh, no. On the feedback side, we 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 say this every time we go on a podcast, but we want to build this for collectors, and so. Um, we're very, very receptive and open to, to feedback. So, I mean, uh, whether they want to tell you directly and have you pass it along or my email is simply warren at arena club.com. If you want to pass it on to me directly, um, questions, feedback. Um, like I said, we're in beta. We're trying to probably pull that beta from the site, uh, early next year and, and go full fledged. So we want to get as much feedback as we can from collectors to, to build this next platform. So please, please, you know, directly anything positive, negative, uh, constructive, angry, happy, let me know. Uh, we'd, we'd love to hear it. Awesome. Sounds good. Kendall, this is your moment, man. What, uh, what do you have to add for us before we wrap up the show today? Jacob deGrom is a Ranger, Paul. We are actually going for it. Texas Rangers. We're go you know, I, they, we have always said we have good uh, facilities, good, good makeup, and we just can't get the right players. And, uh, you know, whether DeGrom is going to be healthy or not will be key, but that is my little spiel for the weekend. Had a great time talking baseball with my dad on the banks of, of a river in Texas for last weekend. And we talked a lot about Jacob DeGrom. So, um, anyway, that's what, that's, that's my, uh, my little spiel for the day. Sounds good. Doesn't Jacob DeGrom being a ranger make you want to listen to some kind of music? <laughs> And, uh, everything wants me to uh, every time we get to the end of an episode of the and i just think you know what would be great right here some awesome rock music that's great everybody thanks for watching and listening to sports Show episode have a great day